Hello and welcome to the Change With Him Real Raw Redeemed podcast. This is Sarah and I'm super excited to be back with you after a Christmas break. I don't know about you, but (laughs) my child has over two weeks off, two and a half weeks off, and it's a lot. Uh, It's just a lot. It's a big change, but that is that is the place. And those are the ways that God is working in us and through us and for us. And we can always see these things. And I saw this thing that I wanted to share with all of you about the acronym of AMEN. And if you've listened to any of the other podcasts, you know, I love acronyms, you know, I love the words because they have power. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And It is literally the spoken word that created things and words have power to create things. And sometimes this can feel like a very confusing thing to be on this journey with God, to understand him, to be in a relationship with him, to really wrap our minds around who he is. And we never will (laughs) because he's, he's all, he's, he's everything. He is the alpha. He's the omega. He's the beginning and the end. And we, we feel comfortable with bookends. We feel comfortable knowing where we stand. And a lot of this is where the enemy stands is him following his plan and getting us to doubt God's plan for us and, and getting us stuck in this trap and web of confliction and confusion. And anytime we're in that, we can know that that comes from the worldly kingdom. That does not come from the heavenly kingdom. It does not come from the godly kingdom. And we can be on this journey and on this path to seeking that, to understanding that, to really living with that. But on this side of heaven, we're inevitably going to experience the repercussions and the result of these spiritual forces at work and at play in each and every day. And I love this because this leads into what we pray, how we pray, what we believe through what we pray and what we're decreeing and declaring that we're living for today and each and every day. When we pray, we can say in Jesus name, amen. And it can kind of be like a bookend, a bookend to our prayer. Okay, I'm done praying because I said in Jesus' name, amen. And I heard this acronym that I wanted to dive into because it's so important to to really deepen our understanding and our relationship with Jesus and who he is and what he's already done and what God has already done through his son and know that the end of the story is written, but we're still living it. And I think a lot of us can feel like we're we're living our life and I don't know what the end looks like. I don't even know what tomorrow looks like. It's not even promised. So I must live each and every day like it's my last day, right? Live as if you were dying, right? Tim McGraw made that song and that line and that verse famous. Um, And I was joking with my husband the other day because it was recently New Year's. Right now it's January 8th. And obviously a week ago, it was December 31st. We were kind of laughing about do you remember party like it's 1999 and how we thought everything was going to be fried? All the computers were just going to blow up and the world wasn't going to exist. And it was literally the matter of one second and just one number changing, just one small change going from one nine 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 to two zero zero zero. And we can laugh about it logically because we just continue counting, right? And there's, you can continue counting forever. Um, it's there, the numbers, possibilities are infinite, but we lose sight of that. We lose track of that. We, and we get focused, our perspective shifts and changes to one thing. And and that one thing can make us mean that it's going to be the end of everything. Kind of like when the computers were supposedly going to crash and the world was going to end, and it was going to be the end of that in 1999. <laughs> 
we went into 2000 and we were joking because, well, it just continued on. It just went on right now. It's 24 years later and we can look back and laugh. Um, the enemy wants us, well, God wants us to do that, to look back and laugh. And I find that I often can do that when I do look back. Some people say, don't look back. You're not going there. Don't dwell on the past. And we're actually going to get into a verse about that in Isaiah today. But I love looking back because when I look back with the perspective and through the lens of the ways that God has carried me through the things that I've gone through, that he's grown me through and, and he's, he's shown me his love through the things that I've gone through in the past and the ways that he will never leave me. He will never forsake me. When we get into word and when we dive into scripture, we can see that God delights when we look back and we give thanks for that. And we can remain and stay in joy and gratitude and look what you're doing, God. You were so, so, so good and thank him. Thank you that you got me through that. Thank you that, that that is in the past now. Thank you for all of that. And God, his ears light up. His heart is always open to receiving gratitude and thankfulness for what he's done because there's a sense of acknowledgement there, a sense of appreciation for him and who he is and where all the goodness comes from, where the growth comes from, where the, the honor it comes from. Right? It doesn't come from us. We don't. Some of us are living that way, unfortunately, where we're honoring ourselves and we're saying, I did this and look what I created and look what I got through and look what I've overcome. And that's the wrong heart posture when we're saying it's, it's because of what I've done. No, it is all because of what God has done. And it's all because of his son, because God is Jesus, Jesus and God, right? Jesus is God with the bond. And when we're saying amen and when we're diving into this, and we're, we're getting into a deepening and an understanding of his infiniteness, we can more easily live with it. And that's why I just love sharing things like this. So as we get into the acronym of AMEN, the A stands for agree. The A in AMEN is to come into agreement with. And we're always in agreement with different things. We can be in agreement with doubt. We can be in agreement with worry. We can be in agreement with fear. We can be in agreement with resentment and frustration. And all of those are things that the enemy wants us to be in agreement with. But when we're saying amen, the, the A stands for get into agreement with. Get into agreement with God. Get into agreement with his word. Get into agreement with, even though I don't yet understand it, I trust it because I trust the one it comes from. And I understand that I will never understand the things that all of the things that he's doing. I can have an inkling. I can have an idea. I can have a hope. I can have a wish. I can have a prayer and I can be praying big, bold things. And that can feel scary. Uh, I might, I might feel a constriction, a pullback, a restriction. Maybe I should limit this. Maybe this is too much. Maybe this is selfish, but when we're getting into agreement with the word of God, and it's so important to get into the word and understand what it says. And when we do that, when we choose that, we're, we're understanding about what the teacher is teaching. And the most amazing thing about God and Jesus is he was the ultimate, he was and is and is to come. And he is the ultimate teacher. And he didn't go to a man-made greatest universities degree program for teaching. 
that he doesn't have letters of a big P and a little H and a dot and a big D behind his name that says a doctorate and he doesn't have a doctorate from Yale or Harvard or, or Stanford or anywhere else that supposedly is the greatest place in the world. He, he's not, <laughs> he's already overcome the world. Why would you not want to learn from the greatest teacher and the one who created all the good things? And we get to do that when we get into his word and when we get into agreement with God. And that is what the A is saying when we're praying a prayer that says, amen, we're saying, yes, God, I'm getting into agreement with you, into alignment with you, into what you say is true above and beyond what I want to believe is true. And maybe there is, I want to believe it's true that God, you are, you are the ultimate healer. You are the ultimate physician. You are the ultimate provider. And there's some doubt there, but I recognize and I realize that that comes from somewhere else that comes from the things of the world that comes from the enemy. So God, when I say, amen, I am agreeing with him, big H capital H I'm agreeing with the big man upstairs. When I say, amen, I'm agreeing with God and understand that about the power of the acronym or the word, amen. There's so much power in words. The M stands for move with God. A lot of times we pray and we pray and we pray and then we sit and wait because, well, the Bible says wait on the Lord. Yes, but what energy, what expectancy are you waiting in? Is he revealing to you? Do you have a feeling to move? Go make a move draw near to me and then I will draw near to you. He's action oriented, just like love is an action. It's a verb. There's movement. There are things to go do. There are ways to move. And what is the, what is the way in which we're moving in? Are, are we even looking within to see, am I moving with doubt? Am I okay? I'm going to go do this thing, but I just don't think it's going to work out this way because things never work out for me. And things like this always happen to me and see, 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 it didn't work out. Are we moving with doubt or are we moving into faith? And walking in the way that he has called us to walk, walking upright, walking with confidence in who we believe and know that God is, that he is the ultimate provider. He is the ultimate creator. He is the king of breakthrough. <laughs> he is the one you want to choose. And when he's asking me to move and we get these big, big, massive dreams and big things that we think will never come to see, we still move. We still take action. We still walk with faith, right? We're called to walk by faith, not by sight. We're not moving towards something we can see in the physical. We're moving towards something we believe in the spiritual and we believe that God is going to move because the word in scripture says that faith as small as a mustard seed can move mountains. I don't know the last time you were on a mountain or you compared the size of you to the size of a mountain. They are freaking massive. They're humongous, especially the ones I'm in Arizona and I was in Utah, like massive mountains. Faith can move them. Are we having faith that things are not going to work out or faith that they will. And we're making moves in the waiting. Or are we just sitting there on the couch, stuffing our face with Cheetos going, you know, I'm just doing what the Bible says. I'm just kind of sitting here waiting on God. You know, he, 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 I read, I read that verse and it says that that's what I'm supposed to do. So that's what I'm doing. <laughs> understand that the M and amen means move with God, walk with God. His word in the scripture says, I am with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So make a freaking move. What is the movies asking you to make today? 
what are the things he's asking you to say? Sometimes the scariest move you can make is through something you say. It's through a hard conversation with someone you need to have a conversation with to clear the air, to get on the same page, to get into alignment with, to get into agreement with. And this should always first and foremost be with God and invite the Holy Spirit in and ask him to reveal to you and show you and let you know and allow your spirit to know that you know that this is the way. This is the way today and take a step of faith. And a lot of us don't do that. We omit that part. And so we're we're minimizing and we're shrinking the power of our prayer because we're we're leaving out this M in amen that, that stands for move with him, move with God. And then the E is end, amen, A-M-E-N. The E is end, end with God. Are you always ending with thanking God? Are you always ending with, I... <sighs> I'm overwhelmed by this, but I thank you for this because I know that with you and through you and to you and for you are all good things. And this is a good thing. Yes, it's a scary thing, but would it really be good if it wasn't scary or would it just be something that you were like, eh? So end it with him. End your day with gratitude. End your day with thanksgiving. Like you end your conversations with someone you love with your husband, with your wife, with your spouse, you say, I love you with your child. I love you. I love you. How do you end the conversation? You, you don't hang up and just click like mid sentence. You end it. Well, you end it appropriately. You end it with letting them know what they mean to you and how you feel about them. Are you ending your days like that? Are you ending your conversations like that? Are you ending your prayers with that? Because that's what gives them exponential power is the gratitude and the faith and the trust in knowing that, hey, God, you got this too, right? Hey, here's another thing. Yes, I believe and I decree and I declare and I say that you have this thing too. Thank you for that, Lord. I end my day with you. I end my thoughts with you and of your goodness and of your mercy and of your grace and of your glory and just this overwhelming abundance of gratitude for who you are and what you've done through and in the power of your son. If I want to know who you are, God, I look to who your son is. I look to Jesus and I look to his teachings and I opened up my heart to his spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. And he had to leave so he could leave us with that. He had to leave so he could gift us with that. And so I turned my heart to that. I, I end my belief with that, that it is in the Holy Spirit's hands. And that is where I end. And then open up our bodies, our minds, our hearts, our souls, our spirits to listening to him, to receiving him, to letting him in. That is where I end. I leave it open-ended. Often the most powerful questions are the open-ended ones where we're left contemplating, where we're left deepening, where we're left questioning, where we're left reflecting. What are we reflecting on? Are we reflecting on his mercy, his grace, and his goodness? Or are we closing the book and ending the chapter and going, okay, now I got to go figure out what to do next. That's not the kind of ending he's asking us to end with. He's asking us to end this by leaving it open, by placing a welcome mat at our heart and in our mind and saying, God, come in any time. You're always welcome here. That is where I end this. I end this with you always having an invitation in. 
it's an open relationship. Not in the way of like, I'm going to go cheat on you like a physical open relationship is. That stuff's bullshit. Like that is not, <laughs> that is not it. But see the way that people in the world do things. They're like, oh, we're in an open relationship. We'll have fun with that. Those have never ended well from anyone that I've ever known that's that's been quote unquote open to that. You're opening yourself up to demonic activity, to depression, to shame, to, to believing a certain way. And the certain way is I'm not good enough. Well, that's because it's not in the Bible. The Bible does not say that. It might say in the Old Testament I was actually reading the other day uh, with my daughter and David had two wives and she was like, that's not right. I said, right, but that was Old Testament. And are we living in the New Testament? Are we focusing and dwelling on one thing so it can be a specific, particular, or certain way so that we can be right? (laughs) So we've got to realize what are we doing? What are we saying? What are we ending with? What are we letting in? And, and contemplate and dwell on this, dwell on the good things of God, dwell on the promises that he has made us. And that leads to N in amen. The N in amen is never doubt God. Never doubt God. Doubt does not come from the kingdom of God. Doubt comes from the kingdom of the enemy. It is the first manipulation, the first tactic, the first trick that the enemy used to get humans to sin. When you look at Genesis, you read about Adam and Eve, the enemy implied doubt. He used words to get her to doubt God's word. And that is the potency and the power of words. They hold a power, they carry a frequency, they have an energy. Never doubt God ever. And a lot of times that's what we don't realize is exactly what we're doing. And that is the thing that takes us off track and gets us off course so quickly and so easily and leaves us wondering, how did I get here? How did things get to be this way? Well, if we look back at the way that you were going, that you were moving, that you were traveling, How much of that, if you're being truthful and honest with yourself, was because of you doubting God, doubting that he could do it, doubting that he could make a way, doubting that that he was going to be there and guide you and love you and support you all through the way. Did that put you and your life and your thoughts, your feelings, your actions, your words, and your beliefs on a track that said, well, I just, I need to go do this thing. Well, because the M means move. But yeah, move with God, not move on your own through your own ability and your own strength. Oh, did I start to doubt? And then that's what I started to do. Because there's a connection to doubting and doing and seeing this, realizing this and understanding this allows you to invite him back in and go, oh God, I doubted you. And then I went off on my own track, on my own path, on my own way. I started to do it this way and I started to turn towards other things. And if I'm being truthful and honest, it's because I doubted you. That's why the N and the power of the word never, it doesn't say sometimes doubt God or, you know, if you're really like, if it's a really big, tough, scary, sticky situation, then you should, because, you know, he probably just doesn't have you in that because he's really busy. I mean, look at all the people that he's watching over and caring for. He probably doesn't have time for this thing or to guide you or support you. Or if you're thinking it's a small thing, he doesn't care about the small things. The truth about God is he cares about all things. He grieves when you grieve. He cares about you. He loves you. He's with you. He supports you. 
But is our doubt getting in the way of that? Is our doubt our own detriment? That's why the end and amen is never doubt God. Don't be your own detriment. Don't let doubt in or recognize and realize when it does come in, who it comes from. It's from the enemy. It's from the kingdom of the world. It is not the kingdom of God. God is not in this world. He's not trapped and stuck in it the way that Satan and the enemy is. He doesn't want to keep you in it. In fact, you won't stay in it. When you leave, when you die, when your body physically perishes, your spirit doesn't. Your soul goes to either heaven or hell. You got two choices. It's pretty simple and it's pretty easy. You're going to one of two places based upon what your belief in is. Do you believe in the resurrection? Do you believe in the name of Jesus? Have you surrendered and laid down everything that that you don't want to carry, that you're feeling the weight and the pressure and the heaviness and the burden of having carried? Are you, have you committed your life to Jesus and say, I choose to live for you. I choose to follow you. And I thank God for you, Jesus, because I can't do this without you. I tried living a perfect life. I've tried living a sinless life, but I can't because I'm human and you came and you were the sacrificial lamb for me. You were free from blemish and I'm full of blemish. Thank you for that. And because of your sacrifice, because of who you are and what you've done and God, because of your son, his name is Jesus. I don't have to worry about those things. I get to choose to live and walk in your ways, God. I get to agree with you. I get to move with you. I get to end with you. I get to never doubt you. And I get to recognize and realize that when I do, I return to, I return to you. I return to your truth. That that is the power and the definition of repentance saying, God, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And there's been so many times where I've said this and he says, don't worry about it. I've already forgiven you. I know your heart. I know where you're at. And I love you despite all of that. All the things that you thought you had to carry on your own and you were trying to, and I saw your effort to to do better and to be better constantly, continuously. I see you continuously return to me. I repent and give it back to me and recognize and realize It never was yours to carry. And you didn't even realize when you began to carry it again. And when you picked it back up and you began to walk with doubt and you began to walk with the enemy, not intentionally. And I love you. Despite you doing all that, I love you. And that is exactly why I sent my son so that I could love with you and I could live live with you forever. God is preparing a place for us in his, in his kingdom, his kingdom is heaven, the eternal place. Trust me, you don't want to go to the other place. I just finished reading the book, 23 minutes in hell. And Oh, I literally said, Oh my God. Oh my God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That because of your thank God, because of your son, Jesus, I I can choose to live in this place of glory and beauty and freedom. Freedomness was a word that came to mind with you for eternity, for forever. And I can open up my heart and ask you to come in and use me to help others get to know you and how much you love them. Thank you for the opportunity to do this because I don't want to go to that place. If you want to know what hell is like, read 23 minutes in hell. It'll change you forever. It really, really will. There's so many incredible books out there. 
about the truth of heaven and hell and how real they are. And I, I just think that so many of us think, well, I don't, you know, I don't know. Like if God's so great and almighty and loving, why would he send people to a bad place? Understand it was never created for humans. It was created for the enemy. It was created for Satan. But a lot of our actions and our choices and the posture of our heart and the way that we live our lives are going to send people on the track to go there and live with him, live with the enemy forever for eternity in hell. I don't want that for you. I don't want that for myself. I don't want that for anyone I love. And I doubt that you do either. And understanding things like amen and letting his word in. There was a scripture that I saw that I, I realized a lot of people struggle with. And I realized a lot of people do because I do too. And this is found in Isaiah, Isaiah 43, 18, 18 and 19. Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. And sometimes it's easy to read that. Sometimes it's easy to read a lot of scripture, especially when it's removed and taken out of context and think, okay, well, that's easy to say, but it's not easy to do right and and okay well if it were so easy to do wouldn't i just wake up every day and not remember any of the former things because scripture tells me i'm supposed to forget the former things and not dwell on the past and i realize that i'm doing that or that this feeling or this experience i'm having is coming from a connection to the past and so maybe i've just failed and maybe i just need to throw it all away and give it all up because i'm just never going to be good enough i'm never going to live up I'm never going to live up to the things the Bible says because it tells me to forget the former things and not dwell on the past. And I just can't do that. And I know that they say that whether you say you can or you can't, you're right. So I guess I'm right. And I guess if I said I could, uh, obviously I would because this is causing confliction and confusion and chaos and pain. And I'm projecting that on, on those that I love. And I don't mean to do that. And I, it's not my intention, but that's what's happening. I get really mad about that. So I guess I'm just not good enough for that. I guess I'm not good enough. And I, I see these little quotes and memes that say, see, I'm doing a new thing. Yeah, God's doing a new thing in other people, but not in me because it's the same old, same old thing over here. And we can get really angry sometimes when we read scripture. And, and that can detract and deter us from living in this amen type of thing where we agree with God, we move with God, we end with God, we never doubt God when we read scripture. And sometimes it feels conflicting and confusing, but understand that's from the enemy. The Lord says these things because that is the way that that we get to live when we live with him. Forget the former things. He says, "I'm. it's not, those don't define you. The former things don't define you. I'm using the former things and that's through the power of forgiveness. I can receive permission to come in. It's permission and forgiveness that lets him in that says, God, come on in and transform these former things. So therefore I don't forget them, but it's as if they were never there because now they've been transformed into a new thing through you saying, I forgive, right? Like the power of the prayer that we forgive our debtors and our, our sinners. And I can't remember exactly what it is right now, but the saying, thank you for, for allowing us to forgive our sins or forgive our debtors that we're saying, all right, God, I'm going to let you come in and use these former things and transform these, these former things into something that was pain and is now passion and purpose. Now lights my spirit on fire for you to live with you, to, to understand that it's your breath in my lungs. So I don't need to even worry about forgetting the former things. Therefore, I don't need to be mad at scriptures and other things that say these things that I'm supposed to do. I simply allow you to. 
And again, we take the spotlight and the focus off of ourselves and the things that we have to do or should be doing, and we let God do them. We let God do his job. I think a lot of this comes from us trying to do the job of God and trying to be God. And when we realize, oh, I don't have that ability. I don't have that power. We just need to recognize and honor and give glory to the one who does. And then we can read things like forget the former things. Well, I can't. Well, good. You don't need to worry about it. You just need to keep your eyes fixed and focus on Jesus. Because he, it'll feel like forgetting because they're not there. Because they've been transformed. Because when you look back on the things of the past, they don't look the same anymore. They don't feel the same anymore because they're not the same anymore. Because of who you've given your life to. Because of who you put your trust into. Does that make sense? So that is the power of the scripture and the word and the way that the Holy Spirit works in you and with you and through you when you give your life to him. You don't have to dwell on the things of the past. Those get to be transformed into things that bring you joy and allow you to experience his peace because he's working in and through you in this place this dwelling place, this temple, which is your body, and not just the physical body, the spiritual, the mental, the emotional body. And it gets to be beautiful. And just like Ecclesiastes, everything gets to be beautiful in its time when we realize that this is what it's about, the love that Jesus has for us, the relationship that he wants to have with us and through us. So, I hope you like amen. I hope you remember it. Agree with God, move with God, end with God, and never doubt God. And if you haven't yet, I invite you to just pray a simple, personal, easy prayer after this ends to invite him in to come into your life and forever change it. I love you guys, and I look forward to connecting with you soon. Bye for now.